When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Hope you had a fabulous weekend. It is the all-star break, home run derby, the midsummer classic in Seattle. We've got NBA Summer League. Victor Wembenyama is done after two games. I want to ask you about the in-season tournament, yay or nay? For me, it's a nay. I don't understand it. Uh, I think it's desperation by the NBA to try to compete somehow, some way with America's number one sport, which is football. And I don't think it really matters. Uh, I don't think it's going to really attract that many more viewers uh, in the middle of football season. So I don't, I don't see why the players would wrap their arms around this. I really don't. I don't, I don't get it. You know, especially if you get to Vegas and you got to play perhaps two extra games. Can you imagine if you're a Kings fan and they're playing in the championship game in Vegas in a meaningless game and De'Aaron Fox goes down for the year or Sabonis goes down or Murray goes down? All right. Can you imagine what that would be like? Or if you're a Warriors fan and it happens to Curry or you're a Lakers fan and it happens to LeBron or, you know, you get the picture, right? Can you imagine? How brutal that would be. Can you imagine what the talk would be like for basically a meaningless event? Unbelievable. All right. Hit me up. What do you want to talk about today? Baseball, football, NFL training camp starting in a couple of weeks. You want to talk about what's going on in NBA Summer League. You want to talk about the embarrassment that Bob Huggins is at West Virginia. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go today? All right. Glad to be with you here on Listen Out. All right, let's talk to uh, Connor. Connor, hope you had a good weekend, buddy. How are you? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So I wanted to start with baseball. I don't even know. Is the home run derby tonight? Because I just I don't know anything about it. I have no interest in it. And maybe if a Yankee like Judge or Stanton was in it, I would care to watch it. But just have no interest in the MLB All-Star festivities. Yeah. I don't either. I don't really – I've stopped watching a home run derby many, many years ago. Um, I just – I don't get into it like I used to. So I'll, I'm with you. But, yeah, it is tonight. And as far as, you know, it's tough to win the home run derby when you're hurt, and that's the case with Judge and Stanton, obviously. is. I mean, I, the Yankees are a disgrace this year. There's no other way to say it. They're a disaster this year. So are the Mets. You know, New York baseball, just horrible, just absolutely awful. I mean – and Aaron Boone pulling out Herman, you know, when he's given up, what, one hit and doesn't have a large pitch count against the Cubs with a 4-1 lead. 
and then your bullpen comes in and loses the game. I mean, there's nothing that the Yankees are doing that I look at and go, wow, gee, that's really good. No, it's just, it's awful. Terrible. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. But I saw that they fired their hitting coach, and that's the first right, time I did under see that. Cashman. First time under Cashman they fired a coach midseason. So I don't know if that's a sign of things to come, but I mean, it's, I think that you need to fire everybody at the top, which I don't think is going to happen. Yep, I'm with you. I don't get it. Terrible. And I wanted to talk about Summer League and some stuff with the NBA because you mentioned it on YouTube. I just don't understand. I guess people just want to have the hottest take and be the first person to be right. But, I mean, I can't believe how many people were calling Wembenyama a bust after his debut just because he had a bad shooting night. I look at a lot of the other things that he did well. He looks like he could pass the ball well. His handles looked pretty good. but. And people just, I guess, love to hate on players for no reason. Uh, people that work in pro sports for a living or cover sports for a living, um, their tweets will be saved forever, and they can be made to look pretty stupid in a short period of time. I don't understand how anyone can spend an hour of watching a summer league game and watch 15 to 20 minutes or so of an individual playing and be able to make that determination. It's stupid. You know, and I thought Sean Salisbury today on the show, I just wrapped up with him on YouTube, you know, said it perfectly. I couldn't say it better than Sean did. Uh, I did a rant on it today because I just think it's just so absurd. I mean, it really is. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. What do you think of him like hanging up the summer league after two games? Do you think it's good for a player in his situation? Or do you still think it's bad that these stars aren't playing at all? That obviously was the plan all along. He was asked about it after his last game uh, internationally and said he would play a bit. Uh, the writing was on the wall when the Spurs didn't even travel him to Sacramento. I think you knew and I knew or most people, and I said this before Summer League began, I said Summer League now has become a a, a destination where if you're a top draft pick, you're only going to play sparingly. That's been the trend the last couple of years. We saw it last year with Paulo Bancaro and some other guys. It's just terrible. I mean, why would you go to a summer league game without the top draft picks playing? Think about this, Connor. I don't know if you've ever been in a summer league. It's it's boring as can be. I mean, the games are terrible. Now you take away your top draft picks. What, what, why watch the games? Really, why watch the games? You know, I mean, I understand what you're going to say. Well, you can still look at the other draft picks. And yes, but I mean, you know, the, the sports is a star-driven league, and when you start taking your high lottery picks and remove them from action, why would fans even want to watch the games? Yeah, for the casual fan, I don't think – I think it's only the diehard no. fans that will find any interest in summer league just to get a look at their team's new players. But in terms of, like, an enjoyment factor and the competition level, obviously – it's not going to be the best because, like you said, a lot of the guys will never see an NBA floor. But, I mean, it's cool to see some guys that are they're just trying to battle to get on an NBA roster. So, And there's always good stories like that. But for the most part, it doesn't really have a lot of meaning to me. Let me, let me ask you a question because I don't know how much of it you've been watching. So if you don't know the answer, just tell me. But how disappointing has Brandon Miller of Charlotte been? Yeah, I haven't seen much from him other than I watched most of the – game where he played against Wembenyama and he looked pretty good in that game, but did he, he okay. good other than that? 
No, he has not. He looked good against the Spurs. Okay, I did not even I didn't even see that. But um, you know, again, I don't. I, generally, if you're a high draft pick, you should play well in summer league. And if you don't, to me, it's somewhat alarming. And in the two games that I focused in on him, he was terrible. I mean, he was absolutely awful. But I I did not catch the game against uh, the Spurs, so I'll go back and look at that again. Yeah, and back to Weminyama, one thing while watching him play a couple of games that I'm thinking about is if his jump shot, if he can like knock it down consistently, he can rise up and make like a shot over any player in the league, basically. It just Anyone. seems like it would be yep. unstoppable. I mean, it's Kevin Durant esque, but add three yep. or four inches to that. It just seems like if he can match You wouldn't be able that, to stop it. Yeah, it's gonna be unstoppable. Now here's the other issue I did, and I did a rant on this today. I didn't make any observation on whether I think he's going to be a good player or not, because I think it's absurd to even talk that way. The area of concern I see for him right now is his body and his lack of stability in his lower body. If you notice him watching him, he gets moved around the floor and pushed and ends up on the floor periodically. And that to me would be a concern. And I said, my prediction for this year, I don't think he's going to play in 50 games. I think he's going to be hurt a lot. I just think his body is not ready for the physicality of the NBA right now, and it's not going to be ready this year. It's just it's going to take time. It's going to be a process. I think that's going to be a real issue for him this year. Yeah, obviously no one ever hopes for injuries, but you no. better hope that it, what happened to Chet Holmgren in his rookie season doesn't happen to yep. him. But, I mean, the counter to that is Chet Holmgren after year one, he's added a lot of bulk in the offseason. So yes. when Minyama can do that, I think that'll just make him an even stronger player. He will do it. I mean, that's part of the deal. I mean, all teams that draft these kids that are and basically their kids, they all understand that that is not a process that's going to happen overnight. It is a several year process to get an NBA body. So th that's part of it. I mean, no one's expecting Superman to walk in through the doors. That's part of being 19 years old. There are very, very, very few players that have come into the league as teenagers and had NBA-type bodies. Amari Stoudemire had one. Moses Malone had one. LeBron James. But, you know, th those are few and far between. Kevin Garnett came into the league as a string beam, okay? And there are many others like him. They're just not physically ready to play in the league. And that will be the case for, you know, Victor Wembanyama. I think his the lack of physicality that his body is going to be his biggest detriment this year. That's my opinion. Yeah, and speaking of people calling Wembenyama a bust and stuff, and I think you talked about it a bit on a show Idiots. a while ago, but so what do you, how do you define like a bust in the NBA? Because I think I heard you say that it, it doesn't really matter where you're taken in the draft, but if you're like a first overall pick or second overall pick and you just become like an average player like Marvin Bagley is, you still don't consider him okay, a well, bust? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you my definition of a bust. Josh Jackson, taking one pick before De'Aaron Fox, who's not even in the league anymore, okay, who, who basically was a bust from day one, then left Phoenix, and I can't even remember where he went, ended up in Sacramento. That, to me, is the definition of a bust. A guy that's a high draft pick that in a couple of years isn't even in the league. Thomas Robinson, bust, okay? I can't call Marvin Bagley a bust yet for this reason. OK, he's going to be starting his fifth year. And regardless of what you think of the guy, he started most of the games for the Detroit Pistons last year when he was able to play. I can't call a guy 
that's a starter in the NBA a bust. But I can call a guy that's not in the league like Josh Jackson a bust, like Thomas Robinson a bust. And there are many, many, many other examples of players like that that aren't even in the league anymore. That's a bust. I can't call a guy that's a starter on an NBA team a bust. I just can't. Yeah, like when I think of bust, I think of Thomas Robinson. I think of a guy like Hashim Thabit who just, I mean, he had the height, but he didn't have much else. And you could yep. tell pretty quick that he wasn't going to, he didn't have the skills to be good in the NBA. Jimmer Fredette was a bust. Jimmer Fredette is an example of a lottery pick. I mean, there were many others that, but I'm just, I'm keeping it more Sacramento related because there are many that come to our mind that you could label as bust. Jimmer was a bust. Thomas Robinson was a bust. I mean, Marvin was a bust from Sacramento's perspective, okay? That was a bust from the Kings' perspective, but he's not a he's not an NBA bust. He's on another team and he's starting, or at least he was for most of last year. I don't know what the plan is this year. So I can't call a guy that's a starter in the NBA a bust. You know what I'm saying? I can't do it. Yeah, and something that I've seen, it's a great question of whether or not injuries can contribute to being a bust because – I look at the 2007 sure. class, and the first overall pick was Greg Oden, and that was Kevin Durant's sure. class. And a lot of people thought Greg Oden was going to be a superstar in the NBA, but, I mean, he had an injury-riddled career and a short career. And so do you consider him a bust because his injuries held him back? Yes, yes. Sam Bowie's another one. Portland, you know, they took him, you know, ahead of Elijah Wan and Jordan. I mean, I can go on and on. But, yeah, I would consider Greg Oden a bust. Now, it in your illustration you're spot on it was more well not more it was everything to do with injuries but it, it's still the definition of a bust he was a big time bust no question about that now there are examples where that would not apply like bobby hurley okay he was in a near fatal car accident debilitating was in the hospital for a long long time i don't really consider that a bust that's just uh, you know, you know, the, the difference. I mean, Greg Oden got hurt on the basketball floor playing basketball. So, but yeah, most people would consider Greg Oden a bust. I don't know of anybody that wouldn't consider him a bust. Uh, Josh Jackson, who I just mentioned because he's fresh in our minds because he was taken right before De'Aaron Fox, you know, a big time bust. Markel Fultz is another one, you know, based on where he was taken in the NBA, number one, right? I mean, look at his career. I mean, if 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 the if that draft were held all over again, okay, I wonder if Josh Jackson or and I really mean this, I don't know if Josh Jackson would have been a second round pick if the draft were held all over again. Where would Markel Fultz go in that draft if the draft were held all over again? I mean, you know, so it's always in where would Marvin Bagley go in that draft? He was taken second. Where would he go if the draft of Bagley were held all over again. I can tell you this, okay? I can tell you this. DeAndre Ayton would not have been the number one pick in the draft that year. Luka Doncic would have been the number one pick of the Phoenix Suns, all right? I can guarantee you that the Atlanta Hawks, if they could go back and do it all over again, would not have traded their pick to the Dallas Mavericks to get Trey Young and a first-round pick. Not in a million years, all right? So, I mean, you can always look back at drafts and say, what if? But that draft, the Marvin Bagley draft, if that draft were held all over again, all over again, Luka would go one. Now, the question is, who would go second in that draft if that draft were held all over again? Who would go second? 
Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I just I look at that 2017 class, I think it was with Fultz, but here's a name for you that obviously is, his career has taken a downward spiral the last couple of years is Lonzo Ball. Do you think he's a bust? Injury. at number two because De'Aaron Fox, Jason Tatum were picked after him. Yeah. Yes, but again, you look at Lonzo Ball in a situation that they, they wonder if he's ever going to play again. You know, because of his injuries and his knees. So again, there is a the, the, there is a yeah, but I mean, injuries have derailed his career. He was actually playing very, very well, very well uh, before he got hurt. So I, there, there's some that don't. I wonder if he's ever going to play again. Yeah, I mean his his story and his situation is pretty sad to be honest. With because he was yes, it is. I mean. He wasn't great coming out of L.A., but he started to become a pretty serviceable point guard. And then yep. just his, his knees, it's not like some of this, people are questioning whether or not it's really worth it. You can't, I mean, you can't, like, it's his choice, obviously, whether he wants to, I mean, I'm assuming the NBA is his dream and everything, but if it affects, like, your ability to, in your later years, to just, like, be a functioning human, that's when you have to start to consider your options. Yeah, and everyone needs to make that decision. You know, the one thing that he's got going for him is he's young and medical technology is amazing and things change. I mean, just look at Achilles injuries. Ten years ago, if you had an Achilles injury, you were in a year-long recovery. Now you see guys coming back well before that. Same with ACLs. I mean, you know, if you tore your ACL back in the 70s, you were probably done. You weren't going to play anymore. Now, I mean, you're back on the field in nine months. So medical technology is pretty amazing. But Lonzo Ball is the one that's got to make that decision and no one else. It's his decision to make. And I'm sure he'll do what he thinks is best for him in his life and his career. Yeah, and I think, didn't you mention a while ago with Adrian Peterson and how he returned? Was it an ACL? Nine months. Dominated? Yeah, he came back in nine months and was, the want to say, the leading rusher in the league or one of them were was a dominating running back nine months after ACL, a running back in the National Football League. I mean, think about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that each injury, even if it's the same injury, is different for every player, but it's pretty sure incredible it with the technology we have and stuff that, yep. like, just look at Saquon Barkley, the injuries he's been through, and last yep. year he was still able to put together a solid year. That's why I got into it last last week. I don't know if you were watching on YouTube with this individual talking to me about DeMontis Sabonis and his thumb and how, you know, James Ham had written a story and somebody else had written a story about, you know, guys on other teams that had the same injury that had surgery. You can't you can't compare guys to guys on the other team with no injuries are alike. OK, I mean, it's absurd. It's, it was a stupid argument. All right. The guy missed one game because of his thumb. Personally, I don't consider that an injury. I consider that an ailment, but it did not prevent him from playing. So why would I count that? I mean, the NBA didn't count that. The NBA did not count DeMontis Sabonis, you know, as being hurt all year. He wasn't hurt all year. He was hurt for one game. And you could also make the argument that he played better when his thumb was injured. I mean, you could make that argument. Now, I don't know if you could win that argument, but you could make that argument. So his injury to me was a non-issue. And, you know, the guy last week on the on YouTube was making a big deal out of it, saying I didn't know what I was talking about, that it was injury. No, you know what? Injuries are are ailments that uh, that make you miss games. OK, guys play hurt all the time. 
guys play hurt. There's a difference between being injured, being hurt. I mean, there's different, you can, I know it's semantics, but the point is if you can't play, okay, that's one thing. If you can play with an injury, if you can play with an ailment and you're able to perform at your same level or even better then to me, you're not hurt. Does that make sense? It's not, it's, 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 it's just, I don't understand the argument there. You know, you're comparing, you just hit it right on the head. You can't compare someone's ACL to another person's ACL. Everyone heals differently. Everyone's got, you know, different uh, chemistry in their body, different metabolism. I mean, we can go on and on and on. People aren't the same. You can't compare one thumb to another. It's stupid. Yeah, and last thing for you, I think you mentioned your opening about the in-season tournament, and I'm kind of mixed feelings about it because I think I'm just kind of sick of the NBA with the amount they're trying to like get more ratings and stuff, but we've seen with how many different changes they made to the all-star game with the all-star draft, adding the play in, and now they're adding all these fancy events and stuff in the middle of the season. And none of it's really shown to work so far. So it's all a money grab, obviously to try to steal ratings, but like everyone knows that the NFL, you're not going to compete with the NFL in the regular season and the playoffs. It doesn't matter when they're going head to head. The NFL is the number one for this country. If it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the NBA game is broken right now. And instead of fixing it and changing the way the game is played, they're doing all these gimmicks. And what they really need to do is focus in on making changes to the game that will make the game better, more enjoyable for the masses. There are a lot of people like myself that are turned off with the way the game is played now. Uh, not 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 every game, every night, but a lot of it, like. You know, it's a three-point shooting contest, and that's not why I started, you know, loving basketball. The artistry of the NBA is gone. It, it's it's all three-point shooting. You know, when you take a seven-foot big man and you put them into a perimeter position on the floor, the game's not meant to be played like that. But the analytics say, well, gee, you know, if you make more threes, you're going to win, and if you don't shoot enough threes, you're going to lose, and you know, it's to me, it's really tarnished the game. And the NBA needs to fix their product on the floor. And if they did that, it would be better in the long run instead of all these asinine gimmicks that they're coming up with. Yeah. Hey, I think let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Let's say the Kings make it to Las Vegas as one of the final four teams, okay? And let's say Fox or Sabonis go down for the year with an injury. What do you think your reaction is going to be? Yeah, I was thinking about it, but I think, unless it's the final, it's only one extra game and they're all regular season games. So you can basically say that for any regular season game, if a player goes down. So I don't look too much into it unless you make the final. Okay. And it's that 83rd game. But I mean, I think that's, that's a tough way to look at it when, because a player can get hurt anytime they step on the floor. Yes, it can. There's no question. And get hurt in practice too. No question about it. Yeah. And last thing, I think instead of all these gimmicks, like you said, all these flashy fixes, there's a lot of bigger issues they need to focus on. Like you said, with the fixing the three-pointer and fixing load management, I think they need to really think about that in the future. Well, I don't know how they're going to fix load management because it's getting worse and it's the trend is alarming. So I, I'm not, other than shortening the season, which to me is not going to change load management, I'm not really sure what they can do. And they're not going to shorten the season. So I'm not really sure what the answer is there. I'm, I'm really, I do not know what the answer is. I will tell you right now, there will be 
a number of games this year on the road. If you have tickets to go watch the Golden State Warriors play, you're not going to see Steph Curry. You're not going to see Klay Thompson. You're not going to see Draymond Green. And that's just the way it is. And you have to hope that if you get tickets for a holiday gift, such as they did in New Orleans last year in December, and Steve Kerr benches his players not only once, but twice during that month, then you're screwed. You know, it's just, it's it's a bad look. And I put a lot of onus on the organizations. I don't put it on the players. The players aren't making these decisions. The organizations are making these decisions. Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately, I think it comes down to Adam Silver. That's why he gets paid the big bucks to be the commissioner, to find solutions to the problems. Yeah, but he's a puppet. He, he, he's not going to do anything. He's a puppet. You know, I mean, the reality is, He's a puppet. He's turned into a puppet commissioner with no backbone, caves into his players all the time. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It really is. It's a joke. Yeah, I don't think there's a commissioner in any of the four major sports that anybody really likes at this point. It's pretty sad. Nope. It is sad. You're right. It is very, very sad. I mean, Rob Manfred, obviously, no. Roger Goodell, a big time no. And Gary Bettman, I mean, it's hard for me to say, but... I'm sure wherever he goes, he gets booed too, but you're right. I mean, at least hockey seems to have their act together and are doing things for the most part uh, the right way. Uh, You can argue and nitpick all you want at any sport, but, I mean, Roger Goodell is a joke to me. I mean, I, I don't understand how he is still commissioner of the National Football League. I really don't. Yeah, bring this up because I saw a clip yesterday of the MLB draft, and it was the Astros pick and Rob Manfred couldn't even get the pick out because the boos were so loud. I, I know because I know. they're still upset about the lack of punishment yep. for the players, but yep. it's just embarrassing. Yes, it is. All right. That's all I got. Thanks for having me today. All right. Take care. Always good when we can talk to Connor. This show is sponsored by better help stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Hit me up. Let me know what you want to discuss. And we can do so right here on Listen App. Tomorrow, five o'clock, I think five o'clock Pacific, uh, I'll do my show over on YouTube. If you don't like that, if you missed today's show, with Sean Salisbury and some very interesting Q&A after. You can uh, check it out on your leisure, either on YouTube. I've also put it on my podcast platform and my website, grantnapier.com, if you don't like that, dot com, uh, as well. So it's all available to you. 
you can uh, check it out. And before too much longer, we will be talking a lot of football. Mostly NFL. We'll mix in some college as well. Man, thank goodness, huh? Thank goodness in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about uh, training camp. All right, you got the Open Championship that we can look forward to. We have got football. If you're into baseball, I mean, I guess if you're a Giants fan, you're certainly into what they're doing. Been a hell of a season so far uh, for the San Francisco Giants. So there it is. We got it for you. Oh, yeah, and Summer League uh, as well. And then we're about, oh, about four weeks to five weeks away from the uh, NBA schedule uh, coming out. So about four to five weeks. Normally it comes out around August 10th. Uh, give or take a couple of days. So there you have it. All right. What do you want to talk about today? Let me know. Hit your hand icon and we will do it. I was thinking about the pros of an in-season tournament for the NBA. And I, I really am having a difficult time coming up with it from a fan's perspective. Why would fans really get into this? I, I, I don't like, I don't get it. So you win an in-season tournament. Like, what does that mean? Why would a fan care about that? I mean, you know, if you win an in-season tournament and don't make the playoffs or you lose in the first round of the playoffs, who the hell is going to care? Or who's going to care anyway about a tournament in December? Like, I don't understand why a fan would get wrapped up in that. I really don't. I mean, if you're a fan of the Sacramento Kings, all right, and they win the in-season tournament in Vegas, but lose in the first round of the playoffs or don't even make the playoffs, let's just say they make the playoffs and lose in the first round, you're going to say, oh, yeah, but we won the in-season tournament back in December in Vegas. I don't get it. I really don't. I don't I don't see it. All right. Again, if you want to get in on the program, uh, now is your time and uh, we can do it. Talk about anything. And then uh, tomorrow I will be on YouTube. We'll have our open form show here on Wednesday on Listen App. And then Thursday and Friday probably will be back on YouTube uh, if you don't like that. If you do listen on YouTube, do me a favor and subscribe, please. Uh, it would mean a lot to me and uh, like the content if you would not mind doing so. I've enjoyed doing that platform. We've got a couple of interviews that are going to be coming up here in the next couple of weeks that I think you will find interesting uh, that I will be doing on YouTube as well. Don't forget on Mondays at three o'clock, Sean Salisbury and Sean's great, man. Boy, I love Sean. If you missed today's conversation, uh, check it out on YouTube or you can, uh, I put it into an audio format as well. So uh, you can listen to it as well. Love Sean, man. Great stuff. Compassionate, just a real incredible individual that I've gotten to know over the years. And I had the utmost respect for him. We had a lot of fun today on the show, talking about a variety of topics. So if you missed it, check it out. YouTube, if you don't like that. And of course, on my podcast platforms. All right, All-Star Game. Yay or nay, anyone really interested in it? Will you watch it? You know, if I'm home, I'll turn it on for a couple of innings, but I, I really, I don't have a lot of interest in it. 
I really don't. I mean, I I just don't. Uh, again, if I'm if I'm in the house, I'll watch it for, you know, a few innings, and that's about it. All right, let's say hello to John. John, how are you today, my friend? Doing good, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. Hey, man. I want to say. Great hearing Sean. I love it with the banter you and Sean putting on there. That's it's some of the best stuff to listen to. Uh, it's great. Thank you. Great having him back, and you know all the multitude of different topics that can be brought up, and just like the topic Connor brought up, him and his sister about the dog that they found and found a home for it. That that's great, man. You know your platforms. They do more than just sports. It's great. I I really love it, man. I love it. I love. Thank all. you, buddy. Hearing Connor talk. Just now, it was fantastic, too. And I saw you were wearing you. a ping hat. Did you go golfing today, Grant? No, 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 no. I didn't go golfing. Uh, sorry, buddy. I'm, I wish I could have said yes and that I played very well. And no, but I, I, I don't want to lie to you. I did not go golfing today. Well, if I were to lie to you, I'd say I played and I played well, too. But I worked as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know, we know better than that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, hey, what's the point in lying, man? What's the point? <laughs> um, oh, God. Hey, the midseason tournament, I don't know. It's going to be fun. But, man, is it way overblown or what? It's just a few odd games. Nobody's going to be that impressed or disappointed, disappointed by losing or uh, impressed with expectations of winning. It's going to be fun. But, man, they are. NBA is just blowing that thing, blowing it up. Yeah, they are. Like, yeah, they are blowing like, it up. And, you know, good, good. Yeah. You know, from the league, they're smart to blow it up. I mean, listen, if I'm running the league, it's good for them. But I I just, I, from a fan's perspective, I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, the games are all regular season games. And there are going to be certain games that count towards, you know, the uh, tournament. But, I mean, from a fan's point of view, I'm not really sure what the big deal is. Yeah, the only big deal will be, well, the team that does win it, the fans will be able to go, hey, we won it. But then again, like you said, if you miss the playoffs or get ousted and, you know, early in the first round or something, it's I don't think it's going to give you any solace. It's not going to make anybody feel that much better about about their whole yeah. season, about everything like that. Yep. I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. Yep, I hear you. Well, hey, man, I'm on the road. I got to get back okay. to paying attention to drive and grant. Uh, hey, man, I just wanted to chime in to thank you. Thank Connor and thank Sean and uh, keep it up, buddy. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. You have a great week. Always good when we can uh, chat with you. And again, don't forget tomorrow I will be on at uh, five o'clock and we will certainly uh, take all of your questions. We will have a lot of fun uh, tomorrow. Home run derby in Seattle, major league all-star game. And then you get back to the uh, second half of the uh, baseball season. I mentioned this with uh, by the way, this is breaking news. Northwesterners uh, fired their football coach, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, all right, after the school announced the findings of an investigation into hazing allegations. So that is the latest news as they have fired their coach. Very interesting. All right. Very, very interesting. Another news that I uh, wanted to get out today, which I did not, but the Portland Trailblazers, their general manager's name is uh, Joe Cronin. And he said earlier today that it could take months, all right, months before they trade Damian Lillard. Quote, 
I think what I've learned more than anything is patience is critical. Cronin said in a news conference at the Thomas and Mack Center in Vegas today. Don't be reactive. Don't jump at things just to seemingly solve a problem. I think the teams that have ended up in the most positive situations post-trade have been the ones that have been really diligent and taking their time and not been impulsive or the teams that really kept their urgency under control. So I think that's how my approach has been with this and will be with this. We're going to be patient. We're going to do what's best for our team. We're going to see how this lands. And if it takes months, it takes months. There you have it. So you got that and you got Fitzgerald is out the head coach of Northwestern. All right, tomorrow, be back with you. Uh, Home run derby, then tomorrow, all-star game, summer league Kings and Clippers in Vegas. And anything else you want to chat about tomorrow, I'll be on at 5 o'clock. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.